turn to the word, 1 Peter chapter 5. I believe blessed are the brief, they shall be invited back. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, may, seeking, seeking, he's seeking. He has to seek. He can't automatically devour. He has to seek, which means he has to look you over. And he's looking for something that makes him know you are devourable or you are not. This whole uh, thing that I'm talking about, if you need a title, I'm talking about the unstoppable Christian. The unstoppable Christian. This whole thing came. I'm a real nature guy. Love nature. I mean, uh, you know, a bad day in the woods beats a good day in the office. And so I, all, all the National Geographic stuff I love, I buy, I watch. And I was watching this National Geographic on the, on the cats of the Serengeti. And, I, you know, I'm there. I'm, I see them. An hour and a half from my house, I can be looking straight into the face of a big male lion. It's exciting. Uh, but this particular lion was just sitting in the sun with his paws out, a big male, big full, full mane. He's, he's, he's the bad dude. You know, he's, he's the bad dude. And then this little uh, horny-backed lizard come walking up to this lion. You know, and he's got these spikes on his back. And he's multicolored. How many you know what multicolored means in the, in the reptile kingdom? It means danger. So here this, here's this lion, and I'm thinking... This guy, he, all he's got to do is just pop this thing one time. And I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a 500-pound, 600-pound male lion. And this is a lizard about this long. Well, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen on nature film. This lizard wanted to cross where that lion's paws were. So he walks up, you know, he just scurries up to there. And he gets right there and he goes. He had them googly eyes, you know, that... <laughs> Like the dude, you know, they're just going everywhere. And he looks, he looks dead into that lion's face and it shows that big male. He, he just goes, he didn't move. He just looked down at it. And I thought, you know, he, what is it? And that little booger climbed up on his paws and climbed straight over and got over the other side and turned back and looked at him like, you going to do anything? And then he just kept going. And, 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 and the, 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 the director, the narrator says, the lion knows that this lizard's back is full of poison. That if he was to come down on it with his paw, he's going to get injected. Yeah. And somehow he knows. Somehow he knows that this lizard is not edible. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. Satan walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But there's something about me that either is saying edible or not. And I want to get myself into the not category. Come on, somebody. How many want to be non-edible to the devil? There's something about people that either signals, come and get it. Yeah. <laughs> or stay away. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of things before I get into the real meat of what I'm going to share. 
One of them is I, I, I hunt coyotes. I, please don't, please. It's all right. I kill them. I don't like them. They kill our hogs and turkey and deer and, and quail, and I don't like them, so I kill them. And the way I do it is I, I get all dressed up in camo, and I get a hurt rabbit call and put it in my mouth. And I, that hurt rabbit call is, is horrible sounding. I don't know if you ever heard a rabbit that's dying, but it sounds something like that. Every coyote within a mile, his ears perks up and he goes, lunch. Well, see, that's what Christians do. They gripe. They moan. They complain. And to the devil, they sound like, ah, 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 where's God? How come he not? And the devil goes, hey, lunch. Now, I know my mind's a little quirky, but stay with me. How does the devil, how does, if God and Satan had a conversation, how would it go? What would they talk about? God and Satan had a conversation. What would that conversation be? You know, they got, they got some history together. But I don't, I kind of don't think, knowing God, I don't, I, I kind of don't think he would say, hey, remember that time I kicked you out of heaven? You know, I don't think, you know. I don't, th I don't think they talk about the past. I don't even think they talk about the future. Hey, you know everything's going to come down to and what I say, right? You know that, right? It's going to happen just like... I don't think God has to enforce that with the devil, to train him, to educate him. He knows. Everything he said has come to pass. Satan knows. And it's not like Satan can think something without God knowing it. He knows every move he's going to make before he makes it. That's why when Jesus was born, God just stayed one step ahead of Herod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he died, he said, go back, it's over. He's one step ahead of the devil. Come on, somebody. So I don't think they're talking about, what are they talking about? Well, we only have two real conversations. One's in the book of Job. Turn there. In the book of Job, what are they talking about? Well, they're, they're talking about you. Well, they're talking about what, are the, what, what do they have to say about you? Well, in, in Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now, let me give you a quick disclaimer. A quick disclaimer. You can't make a New Testament doctrine out of the book of Job. I don't think Satan appears before the throne of God anymore. Not after the resurrection. I don't think so. So, you know, everything's different. So please don't do that. But in principle, just follow me. Job chapter 1, now uh, there was a day, verse 6, <clears throat> when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going back and fro uh, on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there's, of course he knew. How many know he already knew? That there's none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Everybody look at that. So when they're talking, what would they talk about? You know, would God say, hey, did you see that Buick that guy was driving? No. If God and Satan are going to have a conversation about you, God's going to talk about your character. God's going to talk about your character. And what causes you to stand out among everybody else? 
In other words, God's going to brag on you. God's going to stick up. Now, it's amazing. You know, Job, wasn't, nobody's perfect. This guy's not even born again. You know, he's got, God knows every last fault. But you know what he does? He doesn't outline any of the faults. He just outlines what's good about this guy. How many thank God for that? Amen. Satan says, So Job answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Pretty strong, isn't it? So what's, uh, what's God going to talk about? God's going to talk about your character and how good you are. What's Satan going to talk about? Satan wants to talk about why you're serving him. Notice this. They don't talk about how you're doing what you're doing. They don't even talk about what you're doing. If you're taking notes, write this down. God's very interested in why you're doing what you're doing. Specifically, let me get it a little more personal. He's very interested into, as to why you're serving him. That's a cosmic question. That's a big one. That's one of the biggest questions you'll ever, you'll ever answer in your life. Why are you serving God? Why are you doing what you're doing? If you're doing anything for the Lord, why are you doing it? What's Satan after? Let me tell you what Satan's after. He's after your relationships and your stuff in order to cause you to somehow get twisted in your mind and blame all of your bad fortune on God so that you turn away from Him. How does He do it? He tries to get you offended by messing with your stuff and then bringing you certain people into your life. People who think they're helping you. And what's the point? And then here's the thing. People usually never seem to be able to back up and get the big picture. They think, you know, this guy really hurt me in church. This person really offended me. They really hurt me. And they don't understand that the, 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 the real big picture of all offense. Now listen to me. We've got to somehow get a revelation and understand that the reason Satan fights so hard to get us offended at one another is so we'll eventually turn away from God. What happens is you turn away from people and the second step is you turn away from God. And most people never make that connection. They just think people have done me wrong or they've lost something and they think, you know, if serving God means this, then what am I in this for? If I'm going to serve God and this is going to happen, if we're going to serve God and the church gets flooded, you know, then what are we in it for? Well, let me tell you how you become unstoppable. You've got to stop and ask yourself, what is the devil after? What is he really after? What is his big, what's, what's his big catch if he catches you and you become edible? 
It's very simple. It's your motive. Because if he steals your motive, he can turn your heart away from God. If he can steal your motive for why you serve God, and he can twist that motive. I can give you an example. I have a friend. He's a great guy. I love him. At one time, anointed singer and preacher. I mean, God was using him. He got out on the field. He started booking meetings. He started having some success. But then a few pastors burned him. A few pastors called him up a few days before his meeting and canceled him. Let me tell you something. He got offended. He started, he'd tell those pastors, I'll tell you what, you counsel me, you better send me a check. He started getting an attitude. And you know what? Right now, he lost his family. He lost his ministry. He's not serving God. He's not even serving God. He's selling insurance. But let me tell you, when I talk to him, he can line out every person in church or every pastor. He knows he still knows their name. And he can tell you. I said, wait a minute. Don't you get the big picture? You're not with Jesus anymore. Your, your billfold got messed with. And some of your friends went sour on you. And now you're sour on Jesus. What were you in it for to begin with? Now listen to me. I'm going to do a real quick disclaimer and then I'm going to shut down. I believe in being blessed. I believe you serve God, God's going to bless you. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you want to make yourself unstoppable as a Christian, then you get to the place where your motive for serving God is this. I serve Jesus. I serve God the Father because He is God. I serve God because what Jesus Christ did for me in His death, in His burial, in his resurrection. Now, I'm going to serve God and I'm going to be blessed, but let me tell you what I'm not going to do. No matter what happens to my stuff and no matter who hurts me, I'm never going to turn my back on God. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. You know what happens when you make that determination? You become unedible. You become undevourable. Look at what Satan did with Job. He attacked his stuff and then he brought him goofy friends. Church people sent to rebuke and encourage him. How did he win? He didn't blame God and he prayed for his stupid friends. You won't double? You might pray. You might have to pray for the very person that has caused you the most heartache in your life. Why? When you do, you're unstoppable. Let's stand up and praise the Lord. Come on, lift your hands up. How many want the right motive for serving God? How many want to be like Jesus? Look at this. I'm going to close with this scripture while we're standing. John 14, verse 30. The King James doesn't bear it out very well. The King James says this. Satan said, uh, Jesus said, The ruler of this world has come, and he hath nothing in me. The actual Greek says, The ruler of this... Let me show you. Let me, in fact, let me demonstrate what he says. The ruler of this world has come to me, and he has found no place to get a foothold. 
I have no glitch in my armor. He can't get his foot in anywhere. How many want, to, want 2011? You want to be a slick wall to the devil. Come on. Lift your hands up. Lord, I pray for every person at Island Church. We want to be unedible. We want to be unoffendable. Hallelujah. Lord, right now, help us by the Holy Spirit to examine our motives. Why are we serving God? I want to declare to you, I thank you for the stuff, but I'm not in it for the stuff. I thank you for the blessings, but I'm in it for the blesser. Lord, I thank you that Jesus is my Lord. He died for me. He rose again. He conquered Satan, sin, and the devil. I thank you, Father, that I am who I am because of what Jesus did for me. And tonight I say, I'm yours. Come on, say it. I'm yours. Spirit, soul, and body, I'm yours. Come hell or high water, I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Pastor, God bless you.